Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who love to read. Readers who love to write. And anyone who loves words. Today, we are having a fun conversation on the TV show WandaVision and the character Wanda Maximoff. And we have a very special guest, Katie Engelhart, who we talked to last year the author of The Wise One, which is a Paranormal Book Award finalist. And those awards are coming up in June of this year. And at the end of our conversation, we all talked about how much we loved WandaVision. So we brought her back (laughs) to just nerd out on it. Welcome, Katie. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And please call me Katrina. That's just the fancy name on the book. So people can pick it up and pronounce it (laughs) All good, you know. <laughs> Thank you. And it's so much fun to be back. You girls are the best. Oh, we're excited to have you. Will you would you just fill us in a little bit on your work right now and what you're up to these days and your current work in progress before we get started on WandaVision? Sure. Um, well, thanks for mentioning the award. I was just as surprised as as anyone, I guess. I don't know. I'm just I'm just so surprised. Uh, and uh, I'm working on the second book in the series. Uh, so it's the Twin Flame. We don't know who that is, and it's a big part of the mystery. And there's lots more magic in it. And we're moving on to Scotland, so there's a ton of Scottish Sorry. folklore. And uh, that's all I'm going to say for now. But I am heading to Scotland for real, like in real life this summer. So I'll be studying some more over there. That's so fun. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) And do you mind if I ask, when is a Twin Flame coming out? Do you have a release date currently? Oh, or is it? I do not. Yeah. It was, you know, it was supposed to be. So, I kept. I kept saying like early 2022, and now it's looking like late 2022. But I'm not even surprised if it's early 2023. I. I don't want to promise anything. I'm. I'm doing the best. I'm doing the best that I can. It's always the. It's the beta and arc process that's yes. always like uh, unexpected. Absolutely, <laughs> but the cover is gorgeous. Um, Thank I, you. I saw that from several weeks ago, and I'm like, oh, it's beautiful. Thank you. I hope it's intriguing. Yes. <laughs> We're looking forward to reading it, Absolutely. especially with that cliffhanger at the end of your last <laughs> Oh yes, <laughs> people love it. People hate it. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> All right, well, we will jump into WandaVision and we're going to keep this conversation pretty open so we can kind of talk about all the wonderful things because there's a lot. Um, But one of the things I was thinking about today was just what a great show this is for writers to study um, Mm -hmm. craft because there's so much going on about intriguing the reader, the viewer, I guess in this case, hooking your audience, holding back information and trusting the audience. Yes. And yet it's still really like it's doing things that are totally out of the box and breaking rules. Mm -hmm. And yet it also still sticks to like really a clear three act structure, a clear like there's still some things going on that are really um, standard storycraft tools Mm -hmm. (laughs) that are at work. Um, So I think it's just a great great show for any writer to watch and enjoy you're so right and it's a tough one because when you say when you say you're trusting the audience and you're holding back information that's so true because honestly I didn't know what was going yes. on right we're yes, like yes. what am I watching like, <laughs> you're, the like fourth the episode. <laughs> you're at the fourth episode and you're like I I'm confused and I love it and I, yes. I want to feel this way mm-hmm. <laughs> 
but but the thing when you're writing a book is especially if you're a new author that's a tough tough thing to do it's like a a risk yes <laughs> risk. Absolutely. I'm sorry yeah it's a, it's a huge risk you're taking because like you can just close the book yeah well it's like a balancing act right like you have to give the the audience enough that they don't feel totally confused and totally lost and not enough that they're just like oh I know what's gonna happen you know like you have to give them enough intrigue without giving them making them confused and, and WandaVision like really walks that line like it yes. is almost on the side of too much confusion um, but yeah, it still yeah. stays in that area where you're like, I'm still here. I want to know what's going on. Like, I'm not going to just leave it. <laughs> Which is yeah. Like you think you missed, you think you missed a whole Avengers movie in between. Yes, you're like, yes. I, I definitely missed something. Here. <laughs> I was doing the same. I was like, wait, how is this, this is alive? Like, I'm so confused. <laughs> what I love about that first episode is like, especially seeing it again, there's little moments that you get that are just odd that mm-hmm. where someone says something and they look at her or mm-hmm. especially that choking scene where stop it stop it and it's just on repeat over and over again that I I feel like it brought in the feeling of the twilight zone that you're yes. you're there for it because totally. they know and they're playing up the unreal factor of it like the yeah. the really the disquiet in that scene just made me like sit up and take notice I'm like I feel really frightened right here because I have no idea what's happening exactly there was that radio signal scene too where you're like what who like is that real world are we not in the real world is this in our head and then that's when you start asking so many questions it's just really genius absolutely and there's with the use of the blood in that scene too Mm. where all of a sudden you know you're in black and white it kind of has maintained this very very sitcom-y feel and then you see little things coming here and there you had that helicopter before and then you see this patch of blood and you're like <gasps> like how did that I love that with that like breaking on through yeah so how would you say you would do that in a book that is a great question <laughs> it's almost like you have to cut scene yourself like mm-hmm. like just structure like just be crazy out of the box but I'm sure there's more uh traditional ways of of doing it I- I think maybe because I'm trying to think of books where you understand that something's not right or because uh, we recently did one on um, oh Bethany oh, when the when the sky fell on Swander um, it's a sci-fi book and there were several parts where you're just like something is amiss like it just felt like something that's happening wasn't what you would expect and it was in an odd way like visually or or like auditorily you would hear something that it just like Mm -hmm. kind of brings it into the realm of creepy potentially I was was just gonna say like you can do that so well visually in in film and and they do play with that those visual visual elements a lot but I think in writing like it comes across more in tone and like the word choices that you use you can set Mm -hmm. up those word choices to give it a more just that creepy kind of off like something's not quite right here but I I think in an odd way that those moments where you get this like breaking through in WandaVision are actually what keep us from being too confused because they're like a promise to the viewer that like okay we get that some like we get you don't know what's going on and we're gonna show you like here's a little hint but we're not going to tell you yet. Um, and I think if we didn't have those little hints and we just had these like sitcom things we would be like Mm -hmm. 
wait, <laughs> this is what is going on. But because we have those, we get this little sense of like something else is coming. Okay. Yeah. Like this is not what's, this isn't quite real and something else is behind this. And we're going to find out what's behind it if we just keep totally. watching. And I think that that's also something we can still do in books by giving mm -hmm. readers those little hints that um, something more is going on here that you don't know yet or you don't understand that's yet. foreshadowing, such yeah. a subtle art. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a hard art to get It's right. a hard art. <laughs> Wait, you just made me think of something. Yeah, as you, as you said that, I'm thinking like, I wonder if the decades hadn't switched if yeah. it would have held our attention. That is a great point. I don't know that it would have as much. Like, I think we would have yeah. been like, okay, come on, Wanda. Yes. <laughs> Tell us what's going on. It also allows them to like challenge different things from different eras, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. I really like that because you're constantly changing, it doesn't make you think that they're propagating that. It's like <laughs> True. you keep getting the changes there. Whereas it would be more boring. You wouldn't have gotten to the color, which I think added a lot to the interest, the, and, mm -hmm. and you got the, again, when she changes things, when you see like all of a sudden she changes the color, all of a sudden she stops it and it rewinds, you yeah. get all of the weirdness in that. Whereas if we didn't have those changes, those progressions, I agree with you. I don't think it would have held our interest. I think that change too to the color plays so well to the theme, like, cause you start out in this very devoid of color and light yes. world and move into this world that has more and more color as she comes to grips more and more with her grief, you know, like, which I, I just think is another, like, there, there was so, so much true. subtle, like symbolism. And that was a great parallel. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Do you mind if we go backwards out of WandaVision just real quick into her actual relationships, because I think mm -hmm. if they hadn't have done such a good job of setting up the relationship with her brother in Ultron and then building it with vision mm -hmm. as she's grieving the death of her brother, I don't think WandaVision would work. Those storylines, I think the strings of those storylines were already there that they could kind of pull them in and then you get all that emotional yeah. baggage. She was such a strong, uh, like emotional character, like I think she's the most developed character and and it's yes. it's subtle though because I don't think you she she almost takes a back seat in some of the films you're kind of like yeah. and you love Absolutely. her because she's she's a witch and she's awesome and, yes but like you know they're Captain America's there too and you're like oh hi Thor like hey. <laughs> but like but I think you really like she I'm so happy she got like the spotlight mm -hmm. because she's, yes she's the actual best and <laughs> and her yeah. story was the most tragic mm -hmm. yes so that's a big part of her yeah and and the grief was like I think a, a huge fuel like it, it was fuel for her in terms of like everything like her power mm -hmm. is built on so much of that and yes. we wouldn't have her without the shit that she went through I don't know if you guys say shit on your podcast and I think that makes her so compelling in her complexity because we get like yeah she makes mistakes but oh, yeah. we get where she's coming from we get all mm -hmm. of that baggage and all that loss and mm -hmm. and even when she tries to do the right thing you have the beginning of civil war where she ends up saving someone and hurting more hurting others and I I like that 
That was so intense. Oh my God. Absolutely. (laughs) And crushing, right? Like it's so terrible. You see that. And that's not her intention. Her intention Mm -hmm. has always been to, to save people. It's not been Mm -hmm. to use her powers to hurt them. I, I think that also kind of sits well with the, when she starts having those conversations with vision during that movie, he's trying to make her feel better when she's kind of really likable, even though he's yeah kind of not really good at that having human conversations. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it really opens the door for it. Um, there's that scene halfway through Civil War where he's trying to make Peppercosh, but he's never eaten so he totally <laughs> makes oh yeah she's like spirits lifted right because yeah. she's laughing at how terrible it is but I think there's something beautiful there too that he gets something and maybe is more in tune because mm-hmm. emotions are foreign than even the rest of the team they seem to be a little like unaware of oh we have emotions and we could feel something about this like <laughs> Yeah. What sparked that connection? Yes, she she was saved by him and he, you know, he was there for her. He made her feel better. But like, do you think the fact that she was able to find the human inside of him said something about her, like her pull towards him? I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. I think that there's there's a part of it when they're talking and they both have the experience with the Mind Stone. And he says, you know, they can't help he's talking about other human beings and he says, they can't help but fear you. Um, you know, it's, it's right. their amygdala. Mm-hmm. And she says, and do you, and he comes back with, well, my mine is synthetic. <laughs> right. But I love that he, even at that part is saying that he sees her in a certain way and he wants other people to see her that way. He feels like she's not being seen for who she actually is. And I, I think that's, that's it because he's trying to figure out what it means to be human while also mm-hmm. having all that other baggage <laughs> of being a machine part machine um so I think that it is some of that that he maybe doesn't have the same hang-ups the same fears and he's able to see her more clearly than others I do wonder how though you know since they have so few scenes together and really there's that scene and then she overpowers him and then they're together again at the airport where he saves her. But there's so few that you wonder, I mean, I have always been interested to see people coming into Infinity War. Did they think it just came out of nowhere because it was so I was lost. I was lost. Yeah. And it's hard to remember because I rewatched, like I did the whole series in timeline order, like Mm -hmm. not long ago. Like I think at one point in the pandemic, everyone did. (laughs) (laughs) It's Marvel time. Uh, It's Marvel time. (laughs) But I definitely was confused. Yeah. I was like, when did that happen? And it's Mm -hmm. also a big gap between the movies. So you're like, what what do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. I was confused at the beginning too. But I do think they said it like they when you do watch them close enough together, you do see like yes. that they set it up. It's there. Mm-hmm. It's just subtle. Yes. And, I, and I think some of that has to do with the fact that they are kind of secondary characters in a lot of the movies um, to some extent, like you were saying. And so I, I do love that WandaVision like gives them their full attention and their full due um, because they're great characters. Like yes. they're just fascinating characters in and of themselves. And I, I think 
I mean, we've talked on the podcast sometimes about contrast. And, and I think that something that's so interesting in their relationship is that contrast. Just, yeah. she's so full of emotion and, and really yes. all of her whole story is so full of loss. Like it's not even just mm. the loss of him. Like it's her parents early on Absolutely. and her brother and her, you know, like it's just been like one loss after another for her. And so she, her emotions are so close to the surface always from the very first introduction and and he's not, you know, like that's not his. Yeah. Um, and so seeing that, I think that contrast and comparison is really lovely and it plays well. And it, it's, it draws people in, right? Like when we see that, it, it gives us more of the character, even in a short period of time, you can get more by seeing it, it compared to something else. I think that also plays in that end sequence of Infinity War that is that gut punch, which mm-hmm. obviously spoilers. So <laughs> we've gotten this far where he's he's telling her that she has to destroy the Mind Stone, which yeah. will destroy him. And the entire time she's just been, we can't pay that high of a price. And he knows that she has to do it. It's the only way. And that entire sequence where she's just bawling as she's, you know, putting all of her power on him. And I love that he makes it easier for her by saying, you know, I just feel you. Like at one point he actually says, I love you. And And then she has to see him die again. Cause Thanos just comes right back. What a, (laughs) (laughs) you know, absolutely. (laughs) Whatever that word is. Absolutely. (laughs) But I love him as a villain because we understand his intention. I've used him as an example so Mm -hmm. many times and in that complex villain. And anyway, we'll talk about him some other time. I think knowing his reasons makes that even worse. And what he says to her afterwards, it's just like one gut punch after another. And almost when she, when the snap happens, she almost has relief on her face. Like it, it almost looked like Mm -hmm. she she looks up and it's almost like this moment of like peace. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's just interesting to see what that arc was that then led to what happens at the end of you know Endgame when she almost defeats Thanos on her own and then as we go into that to WandaVision before we know what's happening it is kind of that stark difference when all of a sudden we go from that moment to they are beautiful you know happy and, and, and married but even the fact that they don't know how they came to be there it's also disquieting (laughs) it really is those moments were so eerie it's so good I think I'm gonna rewatch it (laughs) it's one of those that I think improves on watching they they have so much embedded in that storyline even little um I watched it on subtitles the second time and just little things that in the background there's noises going on um there's another conversation or the radio's on and you're hearing a song um it's interesting what's what's all there uh, we talked about the radio scene and that mm-hmm. there's actually help it's help me Rhonda um by the Beach Boys but it almost sounds like help me Wanda like oh it's just oh, interesting. Oh I didn't notice that <laughs> So good. That genius script, genius production, genius yes. script supervisors, genius yes. director, like really something that they put together that's just like I, I really do think it's one of the best. If you look at it as a TV show by itself, too, it's just like I think it's one of the best shows. 
say something. I absolutely think so too. And the acting just across the board oh is just spot on. I mean, Agatha, like, how, yes. yes, how great was, okay, I'll let you lead. Cause I feel like we're going to veer off now. We can veer off. No, no. <laughs> like, oh, Agatha. Talk about Agatha. Oh, that's, we no, need to talk it, it about was... Agatha and the song, like the introduction to Agatha's song is pretty awesome too. <laughs> a song. The, Wait. It was Agatha all along. I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't mean to... <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. What, what were you going to say no, about Agatha? Nothing. She was great. First of all, I love the actress. Oh my God. Yes. I loved her. She's and fantastic. I always did. And um, no, it was just such a, it was a great twist, subtle twist, but you also mm. knew there was something because at one point she says, do you want me to do that again? Yes. Do you want us to do that again? And you're like, is she in on something? And it really screwed with you for several episodes. And then she kind of comes out at the end and uh, she's this, you know, powerful witch. And it's, it, I, I just love that twist. And, and it was nice and dark too. It just brought back mm-hmm. all of the, like it really showcased how powerful this Scarlet Witch, who she hasn't even come into yet fully mm-hmm. is. And it just goes to show she's, someone to fear and revere so I'm just excited for the next installment because we're going to really see the the Scarlet Witch as she's meant to be I love that too of the putting those two characters kind of in contrast with each other especially even from the standpoint of their magic because one is very organic and the other one is very much rules-based and knowledge-based and it's just fun and fascinating to see Mm -hmm. those two worlds kind of collide that that backstory image of Agatha with her coven and kind of taking their power and Mm. kind of playing with the rules to her advantage I I thought that was fantastic it really was you have the old school version of the witch like the the Hollywood version of the witch I guess like super evil and and then you have the the future (laughs) (laughs) like witches are badass like the Scarlet Witch you know (laughs) Well, and I loved there was a line where she said, you know, different century, but here they're coming with their torches and their pitchforks mm-hmm. for ladies like us. And mm-hmm. there was something there that I'm like, oh, like you hear that line and you're like, yeah, that hurts the preach. soul a little. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like it's it's true even now. You say the word witch and people still think they worship the devil. It's like, oh, <laughs> read a book. I I must say the entire part with the runes and that kind of mirroring of when she's down in the basement and the runes are on the wall and she can't do anything. And then she calls, basically Agatha almost says, this is beginner stuff. Like she almost shames her. (laughs) And then you have at the end, you're not really sure what's going on. You're like, what choice is she making? And what she's doing and then when we see the reveal of what's in the space uh I just I think that was beautifully poetic from a mirroring standpoint but also just really satisfying like (laughs) very satisfying well and Agatha's such a great twist too because she it's both surprising and inevitable like they set it up so well like I just yeah it, that's one of the reasons I, I feel like I want to go back and watch it again to like see all those little ways because you're right like she she breaks character in certain places and there's just little like so much subtext to some of her dialogue too that kind of like gives you these little hints and and, and again that foreshadowing that raises those questions um that when it comes out you're totally like 
oh, I should have seen this or, oh, of course, but you're also surprised. And that's so hard like to do. You don't well. think it's that intense. You don't think it's yeah. going to be something that big at all. Yes. Well, and, and to the point about that line, Laura, like there's so many lines like that in this show. Like yes. the dialogue is so wonderful. <laughs> it's so, so good. There's nothing that's wasted. There's nothing that's like not purposeful um, or that doesn't move the story forward in some way, even when they're just talking about dinner or whatever, like there's just this like subtlety to the, to the dialogue and the language that still feels again, both believable, but it's not like, yeah. oh, someone I just wrote down a transcript. It's like actually has Absolutely. I was just studying, uh, in one of my courses subtext and mm-hmm. how a director should absolutely understand as well as a script supervisor as it should understand subtext um because of the way you want it portrayed and like if you're just reading the lines like you're not going to get that across at all so yeah again that's why I keep like bringing back the like the crew because I'm so into the like I'm fascinated by how crews like what they do like it's just unbelievable and and they they just brought it all out they just did an an amazing job and subtext 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 that's like all it's just all there under the surface and that's what makes the show I'm trying to think of a show that does that like that well hidden meaning in like literally every scene. Well, so much of that comes down to like knowing what your characters, like what's going on in their heads, right? And what they want and what their agendas are. And like, even when that, they're not actually saying that, you need to know that so that it comes across in that subtext. So you can communicate it in those Mm -hmm. subtle ways through the dialogue or through their body language or whatever it is. Good lesson for book writing too, right? Just like try to don't you don't have to say everything even yes. in a book like you're yes. writing it but don't don't like you if you're describing the the tree beside you and just that could say what you're thinking yeah. rather than saying what you're thinking yeah as I was re-watching it one of the points that I really liked is the on a special episode of WandaVision where the the dog dies and there's this moment where the kids basically look to Wanda to fix it because she has, like she has already fixed it. And I love that she actually has to say like lines that really are speaking more to her and to who she's going to have to become and where she's going to have to get to. But she says, we can't reverse death, no matter how sad that makes us. And she's talking about this dog, but really she's talking about herself. And I, I just, I loved how many moments like that, you know, we talked about it being about grief, but it's also kind of that healing from grief and Mm -hmm. being able to be able to make the hard choices after kind of walking that path and accepting. And I just think they did such a great job grappling with that through, through the dialogue as well, with those very difficult things. I cried so many times. One of those things where you're like, it's Marvel. Although no, I cried during Marvel movies. (laughs) (laughs) But my son is always like, mom, (laughs) what are you doing? Why are you crying again? You're like, I remember Oh, now he's gone. <laughs> it's like all these emotions. That's, it's like Infinity War and End Game. I'm like, if people didn't cry in that, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Me too. I'm not. I don't want to associate with them. <laughs> <laughs> like from Spider Man on, but but still, like with TV shows, it's hard to get that type of investment. I think. Mm-hmm. 
and maybe that, it's just the nature of it that maybe they don't go that deep um as that's much. changed though so now here's the thing yes. now now we're all about tv shows and people want to get invested in the development yes. so movies don't do it as well anymore because unless you have you know 12 yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <right. laughs> marvel how about how many no more than that how many do they have uh, there's a lot um, <laughs> I, I there's a good few yeah <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to count them look it up people yeah. <laughs> but uh what was they saying yeah so now tv is is kind of revolutionary in that way like people yeah. want want a lot more character development so mm-hmm. um this is still compared to many tv shows still taking that extra step like doing doing a lot more than most other shows i think and for nine episodes that true. that's yeah. what's kind of shocking to me like i even the length of them isn't really all that long that's between 30 minutes and 40 per episode and wow. a good chunk of that is actually their very long like end sequence <laughs> <laughs> sometimes too, like all the people who worked on it but I it's fascinating how much story how much heart they were able yeah. to pump into it and even the other characters I, I mean mm. you know you have agent Jimmy Woo and you have Captain Monica Rambo and mm-hmm. I love Dr. Darcy Lewis. I Darcy. think she's fantastic. <laughs> love her so much, actress and the the character. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And you care about them. Like none yeah. of them are like throwaway characters that you just are like, oh, well, you know, they're in there. Like you have a lot of the the context of them, even though you don't really know much about agent jimmy woo is it's interesting how they get you to be mm-hmm. on their side and kind of be in their corner and kind of rooting for them and with such yeah. short scenes um you, really it's all that fourth episode that really invests you in all of the things that are happening out You're there right. let me ask you guys did you guys know of the scarlet witch character before marvel uh before the movies I didn't. I wasn't familiar with her. I, I'm guessing Laura was. <laughs> I was, but it's, really, I was aware of her only kind of in general and Vision only generally. I hadn't read a bunch of things, oh. but I, I knew about them as characters, even though I hadn't directly read anything that had them. Mm-hmm. Are, were you more familiar with them? Um, no, I was looking up because uh, I did a lot of Scarlet Witch. Uh, binging just like refreshers before this and uh and I was really surprised to learn that she was in uh X-Men and like not in the oh, movies really? like the, the yes. story of X-Men and 1964 issue like wow yeah so she's not new and and her and the concept I'm just uh, fascinated because back then think of what you like what is what is a witch in 1950 yes. like really it's not someone who's that complex and uh, like like powerful in a way that makes you admire her it's quite the opposite mm-hmm. and then you start with comedies like Bewitch where it's like more cutesy but yeah. nothing like her so 1964 I think that's really advanced amazing I think it's fascinating too that that like I mean the 60s were such a strong time for the feminist movement too and you get right. so many parallels between witches and witch stories and just women coming into their own power as a, as a theme, I think. So it kind of makes sense to me that it would be the 60s, but it is also surprising in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I mean, an old white man did it, so. <laughs> it is surprising. Yes. In some way. I'm 
absolutely. And X-Men is really one of those comics that kind of did push boundaries of what kind of characters they had. And I mean, even kind of challenging, like what is strength and what does it look like? And I love that about Stanley that he, regardless of like why he came up with the ideas, he did have a lot of diverse characters for the time. And maybe it sold, maybe it was, you know, not necessarily all for like, having just those diverse characters but I like that that it moved that direction with him and I liked that he had characters even ones that had what we would call you know differences he had um you know ones who one was in a wheelchair someone was blind and I love that he has the question of we are human beings and how can we kind of use our what we have to bring to the table like I, I love yeah, that like what it. powers yeah. like everyone has a power regardless yeah. right Abs- and absolutely and I, I just want to share this I had found he what he said about the Scarlet Witch once and uh, Quicksilver so um he said I remember that I liked Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch very much and I thought it would be fun to, mm-hmm. to have villains who aren't really bad deep down mm-hmm. um and he told comics creator on X-Men apparently so we and he says we already had a reluctant hero with Spider-Man so I thought it would be fun to create a pair of reluctant villains. I love that. Yeah, he's, he really is open-minded. You're right. I've actually gotten a couple times to hear him talk at, um, he was at <gasps> Phoenix Fan Fusion. <laughs> oh my God. And you always had someone come up and thank him for those characters. Like, oh and that God. was the coolest thing. It's just, it's neat to hear the creator talk about the things he's created it really is I love hearing any creator I'm fascinated I'm like tell me everything (laughs) absolutely can can we talk about the x-men quicksilver kind of connection here because I love what they decided to do um so I I don't know have either of you seen the x-men movie days of future past not so (laughs) they had Evan Peters play Quicksilver being Magneto's son in the movie Days of Future Past so they cast the same actor as fake Pietro in WandaVision so that they got all the fans to be like we're doing a crossover with X-Men I was one of them who was like nerding out. I'm like, yeah, they're totally. And Amazing. then he's, he's a fake, you know, actor, <laughs> like who's just played a part. I, that was like Ooh. chef's kiss. Yes. <laughs> you Disney. That was fantastic casting. So smart. Yeah, so, so, so well done. I was like, eh, who is this guy? I don't get yeah. it. <laughs> but it wasn't for me. Absolutely. <laughs> There's all these theorists who are like, okay, this is how it interconnects. And then they can bring in Magneto. Yeah, they totally didn't. But I love it. I was totally here for it. They opened the door. They opened so the door. Absolutely. I'm always curious how you get fans that engaged. Like, you know, because people are just so engaged in in all of the Marvel movies, but but creating that as a creator, like how do you get that kind of like hype where people just want all the crossovers and they want all the like any give me every little detail and I, I want to find all the hidden things, you know? Like, I'm forever going to be asking that yeah. question. How do you, we're all <laughs> do writers, right? Yes. How do you do this? <laughs> I think it is having those characters that can be connected to. I think like as we talk about it and as we talk about even X-Men um, and how, cause I've 
I am an X-Men fan. I I watched the first one um, when it came out, (laughs) Um, you know, Halle Berry, Hugh Jackman. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think it's having those dynamic characters that you care about who are interesting, Mm -hmm. like Wolverine, Storm, Mm -hmm. you know, even Magneto, we talk about complex villains. Mm -hmm. He's very complicated. He's, you don't disagree with him the entire time. You, you disagree with his methods, but there's something that you can kind of connect with. And I, I do think having characters that people can relate to with their flaws, with what they do well, I think that that is definitely where that kind of if we can call it obsession starts with is you really we can kind of, call it an obsession yeah, that's, that's, we've got a few okay. things that we're obsessed with as a global people <laughs> lord of the rings we've got yeah, uh, yeah. harry potter we've got all those biggies that change the world right absolutely and i i do think i love that you brought those two up as well because i do think it's character but also having stories that say something or that mm challenge something or Mm -hmm. that argue something even if it doesn't necessarily come out with like this is the answer I think it when it's grappling with something that feels of the moment um I I think that's what has gives it the staying power well I'm grappling with something that's universal too like I mean that's absolutely the theme you know that overarching theme of grief and WandaVision like that's so familiar to all of us Yeah. And the idea of like making it a powerful story and a powerful arc for your characters and all that stuff is, is very much up to you. And I think following your impulses and not second guessing those, those, you know, quirky character um, Mm -hmm. traits and going with the weird. I like seeing that because it's not so weird if you just like do it. Mm -hmm. And um, like, for me, what's important when I write my books, I keep in mind, people still don't understand like the second book especially addresses uh witches like real life witches and how they've been treated and it's Mm. definitely hinted at in the first but then the second it's very like addressing the fact that we have never treated women right non-witches of course too Mm -hmm. like they were just killed for being like opinionated or whatever Mm -hmm. and then like up to now people who want to call themselves witches people still don't know what to do with that and it's like if someone just took a second to understand what that was about right and it's like it all goes back to nature and that's that's just a simple very simple thing to grasp I think Mm -hmm. because we all come from nature hello (laughs) (laughs) you know so that's the thing that if you stick to there's something that's important to you and that's why you're writing your book and just keep bringing that back and I think that's what makes these stories so special. They just all have something so big to say. Well, and they all say that something in a way that is subtle too and doesn't hit the reader over yeah. the head with it, it but it's done through. And I mean, it's the WandaVision example of the dog dying, right? Like it's not mm-hmm. somebody lecturing Wanda and hitting her over the head with it. It's making the character realize it themselves in the situation that they're in. Well, um, said, yes. Yeah. And come to that lesson themselves instead of just preaching up there's that part where they kind of flash back into time and you get to see vision talking to wanda after she's lost pietro and something that wasn't in the marvel movies it's part of wanda vision and he gives that beautiful line because he's trying to understand it he hasn't had that connection with someone before But he comes at it with that logical mind saying, you know, but what is grief if not love 
persevering. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that line. <laughs> that's such a good one. <laughs> that, that's like, like my lip starts to. <laughs> we should all put that in our, in our, like, as a bumper sticker or something. <laughs> Just get people to slow down the traffic. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I think there's something beautiful that it ends up saying something to her in the moment as she's grieving his loss that she knows is, you know, has happened, but is also coming in the form of who he is now. And there's something beautiful that those words come back over and over and over again to kind of help her as she goes through the process of grief. Yeah. I, I have a question. Sorry, that was very insightful, but now I want to, <laughs> I just want to know your opinions about yes. so what's going to happen. Cause so Am I remembering right? His memories were transferred from the fake vision to the new revived white version of him. Of him, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. And he then he flew away. Yes. <laughs> and and he does they they do. I wrote it down because I love the idea um that they it's philosophical and funny. Um, it's the ship of Theseus where it says, you know, if this ship is in a museum and one by one, the boards are removed as they rot and are replaced when there are now no more boards that are the ship of Theseus, Mm. is it still the ship of Theseus? (gasps) And then the (laughs) other side of that is say that we were able to take those rotted boards remove the rot and put it back together, would that then be the ship of Theseus? So what they Mm. end up doing is white vision who does not believe he's vision ends up coming to an understanding that probably he is as close to vision as there will ever be on this plane of existence. So Mm -hmm. he imports all of his memories, which in this case, he calls the rot of the boards basically the things that have worn those boards down and given given it the character that it is Mm -hmm. and he flies off so my hope since I'm a dork is that he comes back (laughs) and that he is the closest he doesn't have the WandaVision's memories I I don't think or exactly Mm. in the same way but he has all of his own memories like all of Vision the body those memories have now been accessed. So everything from the beginning of when they met, you know, Ultron through um, when he was killed in Infinity Wars, those are his and he has them. And say he does have the memories of Wanda mm-hmm. doesn't mean he has the same sentiments, right? So maybe yeah. he'll yeah. attach the feeling. Yeah. It, they definitely set themselves up for a lot of opportunity. Oh, man. <laughs> Not mine was a cliffhanger. No, that's a cliffhanger. That's like, give it to me now. Right, exactly. It's like, where is season two? Which they say, they say it's not coming, but they've also said that it, they've left the door open. So I'm like, "Mm." I am highly skeptical. Although Paul Bettany says that he's not currently under contract. So we'll see. Well, we are five minutes from an hour <laughs> so oh anything God. like last things they want to on. that's blue that makes that's really the does. essence of nerd right there <laughs> that's exactly can I read one more line that yeah. Uh, yeah like the very end sequence where they're saying goodbye to the boys is like one of those oh yeah just heartfelt moments and you can see how 
they're trying to make them feel safe and comfortable. And I just, I love this line that she says, you know, a family is forever. We could never truly leave each other, even if we tried. Mm -hmm. And I just think there's something beautiful there about that fact that when you love someone, they become that part of you. I just think there's something real there. Like they Mm -hmm. exist, even though they didn't uh, really exist. Absolutely. It's almost like you are changed from having Mm -hmm. felt that love. You don't have to have that person in front of you to feel it either. You can always access it. Um, And I love that. And at the very end, when we have the, like her at the cabin sequence, we actually hear like, as she's reading, we hear the boys voices. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't think that they're gone for good either. Oh yeah. I read something about that. I tried not to, but it was there. I think they're coming back. Well, I don't know that they're coming back, but I love that they they suggested that on another plane of existence they might be. That's again that like subtle foreshadowing, right? Like those little voices. Yes. (laughs) I love that. I'm here for all of Marvel's foreshadowing. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Very quickly, okay, mm-hmm. now I know we have to go, but very quickly, what about her actual powers? We didn't really touch upon just like the the chaos yes. magic. And mm-hmm. and I just want to talk about that for two minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> go. Yes. <laughs> it's like there's more where that came from, right? It feels like like how they talked about the chaos magic and the book and that she's forged like experience forges her Mm. I I found that really fascinating because it it sounded like that there's like almost a process of her becoming that person yeah Yeah. it's like so she saw her so as a kid she had some magic and then it was like underdeveloped and then when she had uh, the um, they experimented on her it came out and then she had that vision of herself and what I find so interesting is that in the whole Marvel movies, she's not called the Scarlet Witch yet, is she? Right. No, she's mm-hmm. not. And she's I always called I, Wanda. Right. And I don't think I realized that until like the end of WandaVision. Which is yeah, I didn't realize it either. But, and they actually called it out. They're like, doesn't she have an alias? Or uh, <laughs> someone gives that because True. they're reminding us that they don't call her the Scarlet Witch yet. Although mm-hmm. it's funny because I've, known she was playing the part of Wanda Maximoff which is the Scarlet Witch so in my head it was already connected but yeah they never made that connection they never said it until this so it's like her stepping into that role that power yeah okay I'm done I love it well (laughs) we clearly all hope that there is much more Wanda in the future of the Marvel Universe and this is just so fun so thank you Katrina for joining us it was just a blast to talk about this with you and we hope all of you listening um enjoyed as well come geek out on Instagram with us we'll be talking about more Marvel things and Scarlet Witch things this week and this month and all through the summer so thank you so much for having me guys yeah of course this was pure joy And go check out Christina's books too, because she also does these cliffhangers and foreshadowing things very well. <laughs> and there's lots of magic and fun times in Ireland and I, I guess now Scotland for the second book. And um, oh, so we're you. excited about that. So keep reading, keep writing, keep putting your work out into the world. And thanks for joining us. Bye.